Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. You know I'm a true, you, you know I'm a true faggot because I clap with my wrists. <laughs> it's like the Nicole Kidman clap. Exactly. Very similar. That just sounds like sex. Does it? <laughs> what kind what, of sex are you having? Is that what your sex sounds like? <laughs> As the only person in a committed relationship at the table. Oh, there's children oh, screaming. We gotta close those fucking windows, man. Jesus Christ. I mean, enough already. <laughs> Tell your children to behave. Jesus. Truly. Exhausting, right? Kids. Fuck them. Kids, what are they good for? Isn't that a thing? Just undying love, as I learned in AI today. <laughs> oh, right. So you you are basically a parent now, an I expert am. on child rearing, child mm-hmm. development, child psychology. I still haven't seen it. Sorry. It is so good. It's the weirdest movie Steven Spielberg has ever made. I can't uh-huh. even... Including War Horse. This is the first time I've watched it in 10 years. And And Ready Player Uh One? Huh? So, did you watch it in college or something? Mm Mm-hmm. Spielberg class. Oh, of course. (laughs) I watched it in... I've only ever seen it on film. Because I've never watched it at home. I saw it in the theaters in 2001. There was no digital projection then. And I saw it in Spielberg class. And everything was on 35. And you hadn't seen it since then? Yeah. Oh, wow. I saw it wow. in my science fiction class, which was taught by Michael Phillips, the producer of Taxi Driver. Nice. And I also watched Total... That's a sci-fi film. Taxi Driver? Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah. He also produced The Last Mimsy, which is which we also screened in the class. Mimsy. Do you remember The Last Mimsy? I feel like I do. It's a science fiction children's film starring Rain Wilson, I believe. Oh and I think God. it's about sort of a, an anthropomorphic bunny rabbit. Like a like a I velveteen rabbit oh, come to life or something, this. but it involves aliens. I want to watch that. But it was the same class in which we watched Total Recall. So we'll get more on that later. Wow! Wow! So wow. much, so much to talk about. So much to talk about. Let's talk about college. Yeah. So let's... we talked. We talked about who we were in high school. Who were we in college, guys? Oh boy, that's well. not really relevant to the episode. Well, it's in, about, in it's a way, about... it is because the lives that we've led inform our perspectives. And in order to better understand where each other is coming from, got to know the deed, got to get the exposition. I talked enough yeah. about college and therapy yesterday. I don't want to do it again. Oh, wow. I don't talk about college that much in therapy. We, we like kept going backwards in therapy yesterday. It was like in starting with as far as you got. No, we got to high school, but we talked mostly about college. 
But and we it, started talking about things that I was going through this week, and then he was like, well, what, where do you think that comes from? And then, like, we got to five years ago, and then we got to college, and then we got to high school. Oh. Wow, he really likes to send you back. He Who, really who's liked... your therapist, Jack from Lost? <laughs> we, have, we have to go back. <laughs> Let's talk about Lost. Okay. So <laughs> in the in the pilot episode, John Locke holds up a black rock and a white rock. Oh, boy. And later we learn, you know, Locke is... There was his personality split in two at one point, and there's like a bad Locke and a good Locke. Yeah. I don't remember that. It's but... very Twin Peaksy. Yeah. God, I fucking I mean, love that yeah. show. That's Damon Lindelof's favorite show. Uh... Your influences are showing. Do you remember when the first episode where, uh, I forget her name, but the blonde like explodes the bomb and the credits for the first oh. time go to white instead of black? Oh, it's, um, it it, it's when he's like, my, my baby. No, that that's one? Claire. This is Claire. Juliet. Oh, no. Juliet, my Juliet. favorite, my favorite character she's on the, the program. She's the best character on the program. When she's like, you son of a Yes. And she's attacking the bomb and then yes. it goes off in white instead of black. At the end of the best season, season five. Correct. I agree. Anyway. Can I so, say something about Lost that makes me really proud? Is that in the season three finale, in which at the end it is revealed that these scenes have been a flash forward, in the very first scene of Jack back in the mainland, mm-hmm. he has a razor phone. I was like, this show started in 2004. Ooh. And I knew. <gasps> I knew it. <gasps> He wouldn't have that phone in 2004. Microscope the eyes. The second it happened. Mr. Granular wow. Detail. Because I wanted a razor really bad. So I like always noticed it. <laughs> the razor is still the best phone. I miss it. I liked the pink razor. Mm. My mom had Did one. Did I nice. ever get a razor? I must have. Nice. I, You know, I might have skipped the razor somehow. It was ubiquitous. Yeah, I was... I would have it again if it was acceptable. If, like, I could live my life without a smartphone. I wasn't having a mobile... There was no mobile phone in my life when the Mm. Razor was out. I was, like, on a Razor scooter, but I didn't Mm. have a Razor phone. Nice. 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 Wink, wink. Wink, nod, nod. Okay, shut up! (laughs) (laughs) So what are we here to talk about? You're in charge. It's your week. It's me. Captain... You well, are the captain now. I I guess I'm I'm I I should be the person to to lead this conversation mm-hmm. because I gave the star the star the star you gave it the star I gave it starring Betty Davis a star plus three and a half more I That's gave wild. Ready Player One four and a half stars on Letterbox. Let's just get, <laughs> let's just like get this on the table right away. I don't think anybody's coming at you with knives over that rating. I don't no. want. I want you to leave that shame at home. Thank you. And proudly. I don't think it's a ghastly embarrassment no. of a film, no. <laughs> such as Red Sparrow. Yeah. What I else mean, have we watched recently that was garbage? Uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Was, Remember that, that film? Like, I. Yeah. That what is that film. movie? I don't know what that is anymore. I've honestly never heard of it. It just came to me in a fever dream. <laughs> the title. Um. Anyway, we are here to talk about uh, Steven Spielberg's latest picture, the CGI romp. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The uh, e-romp. Ready Player One. Um, Yeah, that's what we're here to talk about. It's uh, two and a half hours that I thought was going to end my life. I didn't expect to escape the Grove when I saw it last night. (laughs) Um, I thought I would just... I was not looking forward to this movie and 15 minutes in, I was like, I'm lit. 
Nice. Like, I was like, I was pretty in, but I makes me lit. It make it make it gets me lit. A, a quick reminder that Brandon is a gamer, spelled G A Y. I also wonder. But is he a gunter? <laughs> I wonder if that's part of why it's I love it. Video game. I had this thought about thirty minutes in. I I was thinking Steven Spielberg made the best video game movie there will ever be, ever. That's probably true. It is a video game movie. Wreck It Ralph got close. But yeah, that's I, not. R- it's I've sort of a Wreck-It video Ralph game. Wreck It Ralph takes place in a video game. That, that's a so video it's, game. It's a video, that's a video game, movie. game movie. And um, I love Wreck It Ralph. I love Wreck It Ralph. But I also. So I think, you know, I'll come out. I th- I've come out on the pod as a, a- Avatar stan. Yes. I'm an Avatar stan. Yes. And this reminded me a lot of Avatar, too. Really? So elaborate there. Why does it say is it this, uh, just the flawless CGI, the immersion of the, the fantasy world? Yeah, it's the immersion. It's the CGI. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's Mark Rylance's hair <laughs> present in Avatar. Mark, <laughs> Mark Rylance hey. broke my heart at the end of this movie. He really did. Like huh. he's such this like, yeah. he's, like huh. he's this like character who's bare, who's like. Just this whisper I will say, of a character. When he's Mark a Muppet. Rylance, <laughs> he's a sad, sad Muppet. <laughs> when he is sitting and lying in the coffin with the quarters in his eyes and he sits up, I hey. have never been so alive. <laughs> so I guess if you're seeing this, that means I'm dead. <laughs> it's just such a fun movie. It's such a fun performance. Well, as he said at South by Southwest, I didn't make a film. I made, made a, movie. a movie. Yeah, so unpack that. Spielberg said that. Yeah. Spielberg. So he is prepping the audience. He's, you know, he's he's like, this is not important, Chinima. Mm-hmm. I made fun. I made you. I made fun he for you. Fun. Like he enjoys you, video games. Like you tweeted, he enjoys a nice swift kick in the balls. Oh, love oh. that crotch in shot. Indiana Jones, the Kingdom of the Crystal <laughs> Skull. Shia LaBeouf is like getting pulled (laughs) along by the car and he hits a plant over and over and over in the balls. Sideshow Bob's rakes had nothing on Spielberg's Spielberg ball. Spielberg loves to laugh at a man getting hit in the balls so much. I was, I well, was. Now that he hates men so much, well, I guess he oh, shot yeah. the post after Ready Player One, but yeah. I told you guys. This or, was pre-hating I, men. I can't remember if I t- said, said this on the podcast, but if anyone has not listened to the Director's Cut podcast, it's like the, the Director's mm-hmm. Guild of America does a podcast where the director of a new release sits down with another director and they have yeah. a conversation about the movie. So Patty Jenkins is interviewing Steven Spielberg after the post. And, like, halfway through, like, you can tell Steven is so proud of the film. Like, he thinks he's really made the movie of the moment. And, you know, we all love the post, so, like, we probably agree on some level. But so he's finally, he's kicking back with Patty. And he's like, you know, Patty, like, I don't know about you, but I vastly prefer working for women. I find that when I'm working for women, they always show up on time. They know exactly what they're doing. And with men, it's just like, blah, 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 me, me, me. Working with women is always the greatest. Don't you find that? And then Patty Jenkins is like, ah, not really. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, like I maybe, but yeah. So maybe his newfound hatred for men has always been there, and that's why he likes a nice swift crotch shot, a crotch hit. Um, oh, the plot of this movie, a I guess, swift crotch hit, a swift crotch hit. <laughs> uh, what is the plot of this movie? Um, so the main character played by I have nothing. Ty Sheridan. I have nothing pulled up. Okay, Ty Twink Sheridan. Dujour. Twink Ty du jour, Ty Sheridan, who I actually know, has very, very long legs. I know I've said <laughs> that I don't find him attractive, but in his like skin tight gamer yeah. costume, Ooh, yeah, 
I still think his face is just fine. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought that was going somewhere else. But his body is... I mean, we don't see his body, but his svelte frame yeah. in a skin-tight suit is I got, good. I gotta say... It's good for me. After... I'm not gonna comment on his appearance. I think I'm on the record, if not on the show. Do you know how old he is? He's like... Early twenties. Okay. He's old enough. I just have to. He's like... old. He's old enough, as Brandon says. <laughs> okay, he's like early twenties. He's, he's like twenty one. Twenty two. He's twenty one. For the record, he's legal. Um, Jesus. I sort of am embarrassed for ever standing Ty Sheridan after this movie, not because he gives like a blah perf- or like a bad performance, but I because he gives like sort of a blah performance. He's not that charismatic. Like he sort of he shows up. He's a he's, he's a, not Elliot and Et. He's not Elliot and Et. I mean, I'm thankful that Spielberg, that this book wasn't out for him to option when he was in love with Shia LaBeouf, because Shia totally oh. would have been the gamer in the center Another of the Another tweet I did last night that is probably my favorite tweet I've ever done is, yeah? remember when Spielberg was ready to risk it all for Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if Shia LaBeouf remembers that, but in, Stephen probably does. In defense I wonder of if he Ty... remembers when he almost ran me over on Hollywood Boulevard. Who Steven? did? Shia LaBeouf. <gasps> He almost murdered you. It was like 2011, probably. Imagine getting I was, run yes, over I was, by a car. I remember I was him. looking for apartments, and I was on the sidewalk. And uh, just, a selfish <laughs> driver not looking both ways before zooming across the street? That's American, honey. That was American. I almost hit Jonah Hill with my car. Oh, that's... <laughs> Did he get an Oscar nomination for his reaction? <laughs> he was like he in to an, just pick them up He was like in an street. unprotected crosswalk with like a tall model, and he just kind of like darted out. Um, anyway, I want to defend Ty Sheridan's performance. He he does his best acting when he's the little like <laughs> heavy sigh. That was an inhale. That was a sharp <laughs> inhale. And Ladybird credits. <laughs> my new my new favorite thing, guys. Is, I'm here. My to new favorite thing Ready is, is people saying, "Did you know that Ladybird ends on the inhale and we never hear the exhale?" That's my new favorite. Like, did you know that Steven Spielberg shot Jurassic Park and Schindler's <laughs> List in the, the same, same year? Time. I feel like. I said that though. We've all said it. No, I mean everyone <laughs> notices that at a certain point. We but, all it's know. Been, but now we all know. We all know. Now so we now all know. to say it is now it's pop. not unique and specific knowledge. Yeah. You wouldn't I, have to cite it yeah. in a paper anymore. I, I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm not. I'm not dragging anybody here. But uh, you know. <laughs> I am. You know. Oh well. <laughs> that's Ben's voice. That would be Benjamin Linus Horn Matthew MP Junior Esquire the Third. Wow. Amazing. Wow. Anyway, I just think Ty wow. Sheridan gives his best performing when he's like the Avatar in the blue avatar? in the blue guy. The what's it? The what pa- the fuck? Parsival. Parsival. Z. <laughs> Z. I. I just want to go straight to. The... Oh, let's talk about the plot. Can I? Let's okay. give yes, me a summary. Course. Okay, so. <laughs> but Ta- the Ty-, Ty Sheridan plays Wade Row Roe v. What the fuck's his Wade name? Wade Watts. I believe it's Wade v. Roe. Yes. <laughs> V being his middle initial. <laughs> uh, Wade Watts. Uh, he lives in Columbus, Ohio. The year is 2045. They live in this area called the Stacks, which is like old, like, yeah, like single level houses yeah, and believe, trailers. Yeah, like, Bon Iver wrote a song other. about them at one point. Um, oh, my God. You know, regarding Stacks. <laughs> stacks, Stacks. Correct. Stacks, you know. Why did he write the song for this? I'm so confused. Uh, it wasn't period appropriate. Oh, correct. It wasn't right. jump. It was the future. It wasn't jump. It wasn't new order. 
Um, I... Okay, okay, you have to finish Okay, let's finish the plot. So, but all these people live in this alternate reality called the Oasis, and the creator of the Oasis, played by Mark Rylance, I can't remember the guy's name, dies. Like Stephen Holliday or something. His name is Halliday. Halliday. I was almost right. Halliday. Halliday. So what? Hey, so what? Halliday. And everyone can compete to find three keys... Uh, to get the Easter egg, mm-hmm. which is a, a gamer term. Mm-hmm. It's a literal wh- Easter egg. In yes, the film. yes. And these gamers, they're they're searching Halliday. They're searching Halloween. Yeah, they they're are searching, searching. They're searching hard. Halifast. Halifast. Yeah. So if you get the egg, you get like Have a you trillion. The concept of the Oasis. It is an alternate reality where you can be anyone. You can go anywhere. It's basically all pop culture just mushed it's into a this digital space universe where people hang out and fight and. I don't know. It's just Twitter. Live. It's Twitter. <laughs> there we go. It's Twitter. I mean, my avatar is Knights of Kiberia, so in oh. a way, I'm, I'm posing as. Um, I thought about watching that today, and then I watched AI instead. Nice. Um, I don't know. That's the plot. <laughs> and then they're all looking to. So in order get to find egg. that, East, so I'll just say up front why I had a great time watching the film for the most part, and what I liked most about it, which is that it is very clear in telling you what are what are the MacGuffins. What are the objectives? Mm-hmm. Where are the characters going? Which is that you have to find three keys. Yep. You have to collect all three keys on three distinct quests, and then that's how you reach the Easter egg. So it's like, I was never... The movie asks nothing of you as an audience member. You just sit there, and they're like, and now we're going to look for the crystal key, and now yep. we're going to look for the ruby yeah. key. Yeah, I do it's very step-by-step-by-step. Step by step. I hate a checklist movie. See, but that what I'm saying is... I, I'm not saying that it's... I mean, in a way, it's a pro and a con for me. I think that it doesn't ask anything of the audience, and mm. therefore is lazy, but I loved... That I could just, because Spielberg said it was a movie, not a film, I went to the theater where they serve beer, and I sat in my recliner and had my beer and turned my mind off. Yeah. I it's mean, just more it's, exciting when you don't know, when you only know one step at a time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd, ra- I'd rather movie, watch mm-hmm. Cries and Whispers, you know, right. but <laughs> I'll take it. The thing about this is it really is like, in moments, it is like watching a video game. Yes. Like the first, when when the movie won me over, it was actually pretty early. Uh, was the it first... was the very first scene. It was a very short shot. <laughs> no, I don't, even, I don't even remember what the first. What shot was the first scene? I don't know. I actually like the pre like. Isn't it thing. jump? Oh, it's jump. It All opens right. on jump, and we like zoom Starts in. Starts with a jump and a bang. Yeah. I believe that's what it is. And then he explains the Oasis. He explains him dying, and then the the quest mm. three keys, and then we get title, and then we slow down for a second. But the scene that won me over. For a second, we pump the brakes. For a second, we pump the brakes, but then we keep going. I also think it's a problem that uh, when you die in the Matrix, you don't die in real life in the way that when you die in the Matrix, you die in the Matrix. Mm, Yeah. Wait. I thought that there... When you die in the Oasis, you don't die. You don't die. You don't die. But you you lose all your... Yeah, right. All your... All your credits. All your credits and all your coins. All your gold coins. And because these people live their lives... In the oasis, and yeah. every all their like possessions are right. in it's the like oasis. Losing yeah. everything, it's it, like is like, it is like it is like you may home, lose your dying. coins, but when '80s pop culture is the most valuable currency of the day, you're it, never totally broke. <laughs> nice. I hate that this movie is for forty-year-old men. Same, especially because, because who the fuck cares about the '80s? 
except uh, them. I mean, right. I I don't care about the '80s, and I still loved it. I mean, I don't. One of my best friends said there was a guy next to him with his small child, uh-huh. and he explained every single reference as it happened through the entire movie. Oh no, mm-hmm. no, thank you, no thanks. Can you imagine? I, Can you believe? I would rather be dead. I would die if I was <laughs> in that viewing experience. Yeah. If that was happening next to me, I would get up and move. I would have levitated out of my seat and <laughs> slapped the shit out of both of them. <laughs> I like that you're levitating first. <laughs> Didn't you levitate in another fantasy Just... on the podcast or am I having deja vu? I often, when I get angry, I feel like I'm levitating. You levitate with anger. Mm-hmm. And then you just smack the shit out of them. Like when my grandma, when my mom's aunt told my grandma that my cousin was a bastard on Christmas dinner. <laughs> my grandma, like, oh, that's rose rich. from her seat. <laughs> and I slapped the shit out of everybody I one love at a time. Yes. Visual. Chair by chair. Vicky's mother. <laughs> Mom, aunt, Ben. <laughs> and Vicky's Sorry. mother was Vicky, like, to the nth degree. So just imagine how much you would have stand How much Vicky... Now I'm levitating, but with love. Um, with hero worship for older <laughs> women. <laughs> Wait, I want to talk about my favorite scene. Yes. The scene that won me over. Okay. That first racing scene. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's just so well done. I mean, Spielberg does mm-hmm. action better than anyone. Like, literally. Yeah, no, yeah. Let's, let's get something out of the way. Steven Spielberg knows how to mount a set piece. He knows how to keep your eyes glued to the screen. He knows how to deliver exposition. Like you are, you are in basically the surest pair of hands you could ask for for a yeah. movie yeah. like this. I yeah. just think, I mean, you can. There are quibbles with Steven Spielberg, sure, but he is one of the top five visual storytellers in the history of American. Absolutely, cinema. But yeah. In, in Ready, the world, in Ready cinema. Player One, for me, it's do I get all of the information that I need to keep going? Obviously, does right. he catch it all in a oneer? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but. Do I really have any distinct frames that are sort of burned into my brain now right. from this film? Not a one. Yeah. Right. And I love that opening car chase. Oh, uh, actually, the only frames burned into my brain are the ones that were already burned into my brain from Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, which we can talk about later. Oh, but yeah, yes, that, 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 that first car race is exciting and it's unpredictable. And the hurdles that are thrown up and, and then King Kong at the end. Or I think, is it King Kong or is it the Rampage Gorilla? Uh, it, it, is, it, is, it is King Kong. I, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it is King Kong? But it, okay, so it, we're on the record. <laughs> they, it is the king of the but jungle. But there should have been some rampage. Is in, that a, it, it is a, there, aren't they both Warner Brothers movies? I don't know. Rampage is a video game. Oh, I didn't know that. I, didn't know, I thought it was an original prop. <laughs> rampage <laughs> is a side-scrolling arcade game where you play as a lizard... A giant monkey or a... Like a werewolf? Or a werewolf. Uh, ooh, oh. werewolf. I kind of want to see that movie, just like out of a crazy I think curiosity. I'm gonna go. I think I'm going to go. Oh, like, why? That shit fucking insane. I think I'm going to get it intoxicated, looks, and I'm going to go see Rampage. It looks like a shitty version of Jumanji. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Highlight of my year. Um, but but hold on, let me just finish my thing about the race. Yeah. It's engaging, it keeps my attention, but it's not really shot in any sort of surprising way and again not that we looked at spielberg like he's he speaks in the cinematic language we know that's why he knows how to telegraph all this information but like there's no like cool shots going on there like when 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 we put everything in reverse when we put everything in tnuc and he goes backwards across the line uh-huh. i do love the visual of him being underneath everything and then yeah. seeing the action from up above but apart from that i don't really get anything visually um 
In ter- just only purely in terms of framing. Yeah. I mean, Did it's you just like... you sh- shoot the, the actual life scenes? I actually don't know, because I hightailed it out of the theater once the movie was over, and... It's, I did, I did too. I meant to check in, because you knew shot it, right? Right. But, there, yeah, I mean, there, did... there's a couple scenes where light's coming in through every window, right. so that's how I knew it was Yanush. But... Mm-hmm. But, like, how much did he actually Like, who do? storyboarded, like, the VFX? Right. Did I they don't do know. A, did he, it's a good did question. Did Yanush, Yanush do a previs or something? Like, did he have any sort of say? I really want to know that. Yanush, if yeah. you could just text me back, finally, then we could get to the bottom <laughs> of this Please let problem. us know. His work in AI is unparalleled. I mean, I just, I think it's kind of obnoxious. You text somebody, hey, you owe me $20, and they don't text you back. Wow. That's pulling a Yanush. What a jerk. What a fool. I guess he could just Venmo me $20 if he wants. Can we talk about Stanley Kubrick? Because I just, like, I can't talk about anything else in this movie. <laughs> sure. Why don't you, why yeah, don't yeah. you, uh, I'm, why I'm, you throw the bone into space? I'm and then really, one of us will turn it into a spaceship through conversation. That nice. sequence makes I'm, me understand what other people might feel in the rest of this movie. I felt unbridled in my giddiness during mm-hmm. the Shining sequence in the way that I want, I know that Spielberg wanted me to feel the whole movie. And I know... I don't even know how to articulate this. It's just like... It One is, word at a time. It is the dream to get to go into a movie that you love. That's the dream for anyone who watches movies. And he does it. And I, I, I Steven Spielberg gets to do it. He gets to take The Shining. He gets to go into The Shining. It's crazy. In Steven Spielberg's canon now, when he dies, he will have included imagery from Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. From The Shining! In his body of work. I can't wrap my mind around how insane it is. They, yeah. He did a great job with that. I don't. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, that. I don't understand uh, visual effects. Period. But how they were able to? Because it's not like it was. It's not like they just like had stills from the movie and then they animated their characters in front of them. The angles are mostly the same. Right. Like, then you get stuff with H. Lena Waithe's character, like yeah. running away from the elevators, yeah. like yeah. as the bullets coming down, like. That is not a frame that's based on an image from The Shining, and yet the elevators and the and the carpet and the wallpaper. I was like, like Spielberg must everything have was the note dailies. perfect. Oh, you think you think that? I mean, he and Kubrick were so they were close. pretty tight mentor, you might say. And yeah, I just I, I, like, like, he mentor. must have more footage than is in the movie. Is at that, his disposal. And maybe just, it's in the Warner Brothers archives. Uh, I mean, I always kind of thought Stanley Kubrick was like Clint Eastwood, like one take, like and one and done, over. moving on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he like, shoots, I think the whole movie is... Shot very quickly. And and like, it was sort of what he was known for. like 16 days. Yeah, he was really easy to please, always came in under budget. <laughs> Shelley Duvall didn't literally lose her. Budget. I mean, Shelley Duvall, they were, old, they were old friends for the rest of his life. I mean, <laughs> they would have tea every Saturday afternoon. They, he really was an angel yeah. to her. Yeah, you can't watch her weeping on youtube yeah. <laughs> oh god that documentary man i just rewatched the shining on an airplane recently and yeah. tell you what holds up it's a fucking masterpiece. I, haven't, masterpiece I haven't seen it in like since i was a kid i watched it like for the first time i think since i was a kid i like sat down and watched it from start to finish like two years ago mm-hmm. and it's so good that is a movie that i've i guess i've i've seen it in full maybe three times mm-hmm. It's just one of those movies I have seen chunks of, yeah. like, more times than I can count. It's just, like, always on. If I'm watching the full thing or if I'm watching chunks, it will always scare the shit out of me. And no, there's no horror movie for me that after a couple watches, I I, I, I don't feel the danger of putting it on anymore with The Shining. I always feel like I stand to lose my mind or have it mm-hmm. invaded by pure evil. Right. Mm-hmm. It gave me strep throat once. I, was, I saw it at a screening in Bryant Park in New mm-hmm. York. 
and by I had to leave early because I was like I'm 100% going to die right now. I, I think and that I had like a hundred fever. I think oh Jack God. Nicholson got strep throat when he was necking with that dead lady too. Mm. So relatable. Yeah, so like, that, that's because the, of necrophilia. That I laughed the, the only movie. time I laughed in the movie, like not when the balls got hit, but when when H I think walks yeah. into room two two thirty seven, and and we just like see the lady in the bathtub, and I was like, I know right where this is going, and I love it. It's so crazy that whole sequence. I mean, that's another one that I, I cackled was like, like the dead me, lady. It just <laughs> made me really emotional because Spielberg is fanboy number one and like he got to do this and that makes me very happy for him well we all love steven spielberg he's a very nice man papa steve he's on the, I do colloquially he's on the right refer team. to him as papa steve papa steve. <laughs> papa steve i mean he could do more right now in this moment i think we've talked about this before the post was him uh, trying post, to do yeah. something have we talked about it on the pod my personal like he needs to do more for the jewish people uh, have at it. I don't think so. I just do, think do tell. I just think he could do. I know. I'm he, Schindler's List wasn't enough for you. I know he has donated so much money to the Democrats over the years, but he needs to like get on fucking television and be like, "We need to get rid of the Nazis." That's his whole career. Yeah, he needs to say it in public. He needs to say punch a Nazi. Yes. Yeah. Because that makes me. It, it drives me insane. He could wield so much power with that. I mean, I, I'm in, I'm inclined to agree with you, but I'm sure that he's concerned about Fox News like running hit pieces on him right. all day, every day, and then no one shows up to his movie. Right. I'm not defending him. I'm saying that's probably. I why. mean, yeah. yeah, his like number one neuroses is he wants to be loved. But by I, everyone. Yeah, I mean, right. his entire career is about getting mommy and daddy back together. Mm-hmm. You know. And by the way, of course, there's like a, a mommy daddy issue in the movie. They're dead. Of course, yeah, <laughs> he's I, that was by Anne. Who is the whole thing underdeveloped, is very, very it's undercooked. It's really stupid the way it's like executed. The, the, and then they just explode and, and then die. they explode. Yeah. <laughs> in this movie, reality versus virtual reality. Mm. I think there is a gulf between my emotional investment between those two worlds. I, going into this movie, I was like, I'm nervous. I'm walking on eggshells or pins and needles or whatever the hell you want because I don't know how Steven Spielberg is going to make me care about a character when we're spending half our time with a digital avatar who looks like Link from The Legend of Zelda. Yeah. And then it turns out I actually cared a lot more about that stuff. Yes. And there was much more emotional investment in that stuff. Yeah. And, 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 and most of the emotional arcs take place in the digital realm, in the Oasis, so that when we come back to IRL, IRL land... Mm-hmm. The RL stuff he, doesn't work for me he, because it's not grounded in reality. One that, and two, like the the real life characters, their arcs happen in the fake world. Mm-hmm. So about halfway through the movie, when Spielberg wants to spend more time in reality, like when you know when they're tricking Ben Mendelsohn and mm-hmm. and they're trying to, or when he's trying when to we start meeting all of the real people. Yeah, but I'm like, wait, but, but, but I'm like, I don't know any of you. Right. Like I don't. I'm, I'm missing a connective tissue between these two things. Uh-huh. Except for Lena Waithe, who like fucking kills it. Drive, I didn't know driving Agnes Varda's camera van. She's on the poster. I didn't. I have. And she has like a classic, like hand illustrated Spielberg. It's poster so awesome. On, I had nothing. I that. forgot, and I didn't realize who she played or. And but so when she showed up as H, I was like, Oh, fun! Her, her voice is cute. unmistakable to me. Like I, even I, when she was H, yeah. Even um, when it was like modified, you could tell. I just I know her vocal patterns for Master of None. Mm, so interesting. Yeah, I had no idea that was her. Until she's the best part of the movie for me. 
Yeah. She's just and Mark Rylance and I was, and Ben Mendelsohn. More than like thinking about the movie, I was thinking about I'm so happy like Lena Waithe probably had to read for this movie and then she got a call from her agent one day and they were like, You're gonna be in a Steven Spielberg movie and that made me that also made me very emotional. Yeah, yeah I, I don't <laughs> like see, how I, incredible is that? Like, I sort of imagined that they went to her, but that's maybe not. That's very kind of you. It's unkind of me to think that no, they knew who she was. No, it's unkind of you. Well, I, when did they make this movie? 2016 or 2015? I think they shot the real life stuff two years ago. So it would be 2016. I don't so think she, she had blown up two, by then. But she, she went... Oh, no, she won an Emmy last yeah. year. Yeah. Exactly. So she... I do believe it would be before season two of Master of None. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I guess that's right. I, I've just always... I don't know. I'll have to do some research on it. I like your version of it, but I I guess I think too highly for it in my head. I was like, they had to fucking come to Lena. You know? I just don't think anyone gets that except Sally Field on a Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe, maybe, because we all know Sally Field loves to set people up. Maybe Sally Field watches oh Master god. of None, called Steven Spielberg. Oh my god. Steven! Steven! You you've must. gotta meet my girl, <laughs> Lena! Oh, that would be so good. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, Sally Field knows unions. She loves she sure a union. Knows union. Union! Union! What did you want to Photoshop it to? Opinion. Oh, um... No. Oh. Obvious. The obvious! <laughs> <laughs> For opinions that are stating the obvious. <laughs> the obvious. Um, I'm doing the doing the union thing. The union arms. Yes. The union sign. I want to talk about this movie's view of the future. Okay, great. Which I think is extremely pessimistic. Which I thought yeah. was which which was interesting. Like and these probably accurate. These mm-hmm. people's lives are Not based too far off, in my opinion. Based off, they're living in fear of going to a debtor's prison, like me. <laughs> they're living in fear of Scientology and like having to go work on the ship. Ascend- yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, you know, I love to be part of the Sea Org. But like, I- even like the reliance on pop culture seems like desperate de- like don't totally. do that it like it's fun to like pay homage to like pop culture and it's important in culture but it's also like i just like the final line it's like cheesy but it's like purposely cheesy when he's like because reality is real it's like yeah it reminds you that like it's not all about like no i mean and, t- like, today mm-hmm. was a beautiful sunny day in los angeles and i'm like maybe we should cancel the oasis tuesdays thursdays and sunny days like this you know, <laughs> know. play outside <laughs> i didn't go outside i, was, I did I, I tried to get breakfast with lauren today mm-hmm. and there was like a a race on melrose and we were gonna go to bardana in larchmont and I left my home, and like we couldn't get across Melrose, and I was like, I'm just kidding. Ben, if you wanted to beat the race, you just should have gone the opposite way on Melrose. What was you the race? Like a bicycle yeah. race? No, it was people running. Oh, okay. Oh, a running race. Just a regular oh, race. Exercise. But Melrose was closed, oh. and I was like, I can't get to Larchmont. Oh, well. I'm starting to reveal where I live. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Ben You're lives on the corner Beep and <laughs> boop. <laughs> On the corner of beep and boop, beep and boop. Yeah. Why so was that relevant? <laughs> Why did I, say I have that? no you idea. You didn't go outside today. Oh, I oh, did. Yeah. So, so you I were left you the were house for like seven minutes trying to get across Melrose. It's like, I, but at I nine do, o'clock in the morning. I do think, however pat it might be, when Spielberg includes the bit about how 
When Ty Sheridan owns the Oasis, he and his hot girlfriend decide that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's time to play outside. Yeah. You know that Spielberg is endorsing that message. I find the film to be slightly critical of nostalgia, but kind of likes to have its cake and eat it too. Yeah. But it's doing both. We will talk about my favorite movie of all time, Catherine Bigelow's Strange Days, later on. But both Ready Player One and Strange Days have a sort of suspicious look at nostalgia. They view nostalgia as something that in heavy doses is toxic. I agree. I agree. And I think that's the flaw of the movie. It didn't interrogate it enough for you. Uh The final Mark Rylance moment solidified it for me. Right. Because I. It is. And I wondered when it would dig a little deeper and for me that final Mark Rylance thing did it uh, it's not enough for me for, like, a, for yeah. a movie that's so long like has no trouble um, giving like extra splashes and explosions mm-hmm. to tie such a neat little bow on it like like but you had two and a half hours like you yeah. had so much time why are you cramming your message the only moment yeah. where I was like I wish I was dead was <laughs> only one there was only one I had, you. Z- I had zero moments at the end uh, yes. when uh, Ty Sheridan is like I'm gonna run the company with my friends and Simon Pegg is like that's a good choice like near tears like ready to cry <laughs> I was like I hate this <laughs> the Simon Pegg stuff at the end was a bit much it was a lot I'll, I'll say something about that scene which is that Steven Spielberg is forbidden from shooting crowd scenes anymore after the post where <laughs> Meryl Streep walks down the steps the, of the Supreme Court and you just see that like millennial <laughs> that mo- it, through a sea of women and the camera ho- hovers on this millennial who is dressed up as a hippie doing a solidarity fest like with a flower <laughs> crown like hashtag blessed hashtag avocado toast. <laughs> and in this movie, both the like the reaction shot of Ben Mendelsohn's company like when they're watching on the monitors uh-huh. when he wins the game and they're all like, yeah! <laughs> like it's just this like crazy like they look possessed. Yeah. <laughs> but more more to my point, at the end, like the celebration crowd outside, uh-huh. the people holding the signs that are like <laughs> Artemis, like high five. I'm like I don't think people congregate like this. Like that's not how celebrations work. I also didn't know that the team was called High Five when I saw the sign that said high five so i just thought like spielberg was like okay we, we got to show that this crowd is amped that they are in support of the team what should their sign say i know high five <laughs> like, i actually didn't realize seven you five team <laughs> i didn't realize the team's name was high five i thought the sign just said high five high five <laughs> i don't even remember so the sign, but it's in high summation five. definitely steven one. spielberg is not allowed to shoot crowd scenes anymore <laughs> Fair. Have you guys seen the still from the post? The same descending the stairs shot. There's apparently like a woman in a veil and it looks like she's like like a ghost. I don't know if someone photoshopped it in. I love that. But yeah, it someone tweeted like, Did anyone notice the post ghost? (laughs) It's K Graham's dead husband in drag. Okay, let's talk about my favorite young actor in this film. Olivia Cook. Olivia Cook. She's incredible. Who I love in everything I've ever seen her in. Even thoroughbreds. Yeah, I mean she's is she, she a sociopath. Yeah, she does the part well. I just don't. You don't think it's written well. I agree, correct. I don't think it's of the right tack to take for that. But I haven't seen the ever film. since I saw her on Bates Motel. Really? Yeah. I didn't know she was in Bates. 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 <laughs> 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 
Uh, and then, AMC, you can Venmo us uh, $20 for that. <laughs> Is that show still on the air? No. It ended this year. She, she did. Year, 2017. She did. And then um, Amen. she's the sick girl in Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. She's the dying girl. Correct. Yeah. She's the, she is the titular prop of the film. She's the titular prop of the film. That movie has issues. But Which, she's great. She's great in the prop role. She's like, as she is in Thoroughbreds. Your cinema <laughs> is not going to save my life. <laughs> but it feels like it might. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's so fucked. Um, this is one of the most fully realized characters that this she's is, gotten to play this, in the American cinema. And she's and it's doing not the heavy lifting. That great. It's not on the page. It's her best performance. And I, to your point, it's it's not it's her. It's, it's not even the best thing she could do, but it's yeah. the best thing she's been allowed to do. Yeah. Because of the role she's been written. Yeah, I, I mean, I think she totally steals every scene she's in with Ty Sheridan. I yeah. find myself wondering, why aren't we following your story? You seem to be a woke young lady with politics. Like, you're politically activated. Yeah. Yeah, imagine you're the badass. version of this movie where she's the lead. What's it, like? What I was going to get at earlier is that... You're not going to like what I look like. And then she's hiding her. And then she has... It's like... And she's like hot as fuck. She ha- <laughs> yeah, but with Saoirse Ronan's Mexico uh, birthmark from yeah. the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. But she's wearing a skirt and like ripped tights don't look at me her like 80s like yes. really wide neck sweater she looks i'm hideous she looks so fucking hot and yeah. she's like you don't like the way i look and like her I'm avatar is hideous. not cute <laughs> not the way that she is irl her she's like way hotter irl than her stupid avatar I didn't really notice anything about the avatars. I did, I, nothing rustled my jimmies sexually about the can avatars. I, can I talk about rustling my jimmies of the avatars? Yeah, yeah, but do can tell. I, can which I just... avatar rustled them? All right, I'll get back to my thing later. The butler? No, the lead. Our lead, Parcival. Parcival. Baby. There was like a moment. He's hot. There was like a moment where a cute he butt. like <laughs> raises his arms and you can see his like midriff, his like hip area, and I was like, "Am I being?" Turned on by a cartoon right now. You're and like, I, you know, like I this this for victory is giving me everything. I'm not ashamed and was not. If I was ashamed, I wouldn't bring it up. But I brought it up because <laughs> I. Hey, if I me, say it out loud, <laughs> I can't be scared of it. Let me, I can I can do you one better. I I'm full erection. <laughs> we'll keep in mind. Brandon, I'm on the I record. saw Guardians of the Galaxy two with Brandon, it. and he got up halfway through the movie. <laughs> I'm on the he record. Came back five minutes later, so as being Rocket attracted Raccoon. to Rocket Raccoon. So, so five full minutes, Brandon was out of the theater. I was like, I need to excuse myself. <laughs> the raccoon just snarled. <laughs> now I'm thinking about Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> mm. Mm. What, were you, mm. what was the point yeah, you were trying to make that I was interrupting? We... Well, that's okay, because I talk too much on the show, and it's good to toss around the old pig skin to someone oh. else. Oh. I was going to say that, as I alluded to earlier, the ant is completely underdeveloped. And then she blows we up. We have no idea. She's underdeveloped we... for a reason. Well, no, no, but, hold on. Hold on. We have no... <laughs> that moment doesn't hurt when his house right. blows up. We mm-hmm. don't know anything about their emotional right. connection. Yeah. And so later when he's like, you killed my mother's sister. I'm yeah. like, no wonder you're not saying my aunt. He didn't have a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But why... Like, if if... Our protagonist has to have some sort of emotional stakes for us to care about this being their hero's journey. Correct. I know so much more about Artemis' home life and, like, her stakes and what she has to lose than I do Parzival. 
We know nothing. Wade and that's a problem. We don't yeah. know anything. He has no emotional state. He's a cipher. He just wants to live in a mansion. There's like no... Which I guess the movie calls him out on, but like that's not... There's no dimension or depth there to the no. character's journey. He's yeah, not that's... striving for anything. He's not trying to protect anyone. He's not trying to overcome anything. He just wants to win because he's a straight white male. Hey, yeah. baby, that's the American I mean, dream right there. He gets the he gets the cause and the purpose from Artemis, who's okay. like, listen, you winning in the game means you save lives in the real world. And he's right. like, oh. Also, huh? there's a point. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of, I kind of like that because like that, I mean, yeah, the, the main white, dude is is the lead yeah but it also kind of sidelines him to to allow like, artemis to have the, into the movie she basically sacrifices herself and says explicitly you're the one that's going to win this so i'm gonna go do this part where i'm gonna get caught she's and, the trinity and she yeah. was the smartest she would have won she was she Ben de la Cremed herself and she opted out <laughs> and she was the actual winner. Yeah. And it makes me so mad because if she was the lead of the movie, she wouldn't have sacrificed herself. And I feel like it's sexist to have written her that way. Yeah, I agree. And I'm very upset. All right. I also want to know more about H's gender expression. I'm very compelled to know more about that character. Right. Because why does she go in? And and also the 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 11 year old boy and and the older. um, Oh my god! Played by that really hot Toshiro is very hot. Yeah, Toshiro is a dream. Yeah. The moment I saw him, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. Oh my god. I want to just quickly get this out of the way. What are your guys's? You touched on this a little off mic, but what is your guys's take on the meta read of this movie, where it's Spielberg worrying about his legacy, worrying about what he's leaving behind in that in the holiday character? I I see that, but I, is that stupid to see that? No, he's an, is that is that a bad read? No, I, I think I think it, I think that is what he's going for here. I don't know. Ben, do you want to take it and then I'll say how I feel? I do have a lot of thoughts about this. Yeah, and, dude. Uh, let's do it. Well, then in. actually, just let me toss mine out first, then, okay. and then yours can be the meat of our conversation. Great. Who is honking? Honk, honk. It's, oh, mm. it's it's just Lena Waithe and Anya Svarta and JR's camera van. Oh my God. Okay. My, my favorite lifted under- cultural <laughs> artifact from the film. Ring my bell. Fre- if Freddy only Krueger Lena Waithe can, you know, had sung Ring My Bell this movie. <laughs> I, yeah, because I read your log and I was like, huh? And then I saw it I was like, oh my god. Yeah. I She's mean, driving <laughs> around JR's van. Was there a holy hand grenade of Antioch? Sure. Mm. Was there Chucky? Oh yeah. But I was lit on the faces places reference above all. I can't believe they said fuck. I know. I was Shocked. Well, you are allowed one fuck in a PG thirteen because Love Simon had a fuck. Mm-hmm. The fuck can only be but no an fucking exclamatory fuck. It can't be a I'm gonna Sexual. fuck you. I'm correct. It, I wanna fuck. Did, did you. we all so, see this film is not rated? Is that how we all know that? I shocked me that it's in a Spielberg. Fuck you. Oh my wow. goodness. I'm just gonna say it a bunch of times. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. I mean God. Uh, mm. And the blood, I was like, this is rated R. And the naked lady, huh? I was like, oh my goodness. Huh? Well we don't mm-hmm. see her boobies. We yeah, don't but see her boobies. It just feels like a very hard PG thirteen. Well, there's nothing hard about the film. It's it's as to be expected from Mr. Steven Spielberg. 
quite sexless. Mm-hmm. Yes. But um It's one of his more sexy movies. It is we talk about that the is crotch right. area. That is right. <laughs> we see the Ben Mendelssohn's crotch glows. Glowing. <laughs> I was upset. Very upset. I know it was pre TJ Miller's A Dumpster Fire, but I'm upset that TJ Miller's in this movie. Same. Oh, he's the problem. He's the one voice that I thought was the other guy. Here's my Uh, question. Here's my question. Why not just replace him as a voice actor? Because we don't see his. We never see his face on screen. You're right. Why couldn't was Christopher Plummer not available? I thought it was the guy who's like the schlubby uh, like version of Christopher Plummer to like replace a TJ Miller. Uh. Jack Black. Okay. Cast Jack Black. <laughs> what is the clocks ticking in the wall movie? What the fuck is that? What? It, what the fuck is that? I don't know. I got about. a trailer for some movie, Amblin Entertainment. It's a spiel. It's called mm-hmm. the, the the clock in the wall. The, no, it's like the clocks ticking. The clocks. The wall with the clo- the wall with the clocks in it. I didn't get that. Trailer. It what has did you some. See? You saw it at the Grove. You mean I, inter- Grove. I believe the film's called Interstellar. <laughs> Time is found in the wall. <laughs> Interstellar really owes a lot to AI. I realized today as I watched it. Oh, really? It. I didn't that, the 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 denouement in mm-hmm. that sort of weird metaphysical space is quite strikingly similar. Correct. It's got some stupid ass name. Oh, I, I, I do, found it. I, I found also it. get very emotional that uh, the Amblin logo is back on movies that they've retired DreamWorks. And it's... so Amblin is on fr- in front of. The house with a clock in its walls. That's the name. That is the name of this movie. <laughs> it is a movie about a house with a clock Clocks. in its walls. And I was like, that's fun. What's the title going to be? A house with clock a in its walls. A house with clock The hot guy upstairs is like rearranging <laughs> furniture. I guess so. Um, Y'all rearranging go, furniture? Do you need there? to go help him, maybe? Should Maybe we, we should do all do help do him do together. Head on up. Maybe we should do <laughs> what, what the man told Ben at the gay bar to do last oh. night and take off our shirts mm-hmm. and then we'll go up and knock on the door. Mm-hmm. Guys, what? this is directed by Eli Roth. Yeah, isn't it, isn't it Nicole Kidman? Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. And <gasps> Jack Black. Yeah. Were these people in the trailer? Yes. I was like, what the fuck is this movie? I thought it was a Spielberg. I was like, I can't a Spielberg. to see it. <laughs> I, I guess I the thought. The house it was, with the clock in its wall. If it was Nicole, it would have been a Margot at the wedding. Reunion. Mm. Or as Claire Foy would say, reunion. Um, anyway, so... So we were talking about our meta takes oh, on Spielberg. Speaking of so, uh, mm? British people using the letter R... Ben Mendelsohn? No, I was going to bring up a Ray Fiennes in Strange Days. Mm. Ooh, says, Lenny Nero. I, I a lot believe, of R's. Lenny Nero. <laughs> I believe the first one is... Or the first noticeable one is he said... Remedy. <laughs> <laughs> and I lost it. Remedy. <laughs> I think that Ray Fiennes in Strange Days He's is so, so sexy. Truly. His hair is just like Brad Pitt wishes. He's like a slime yeah. ball who is always in a hurry. He's like, like always wearing leather pants and like uh-huh. snakeskin top. He's taking advantage of everybody left and right, but he knows that you know that he's doing it, so like it's all good. Trying to get back his ex-girlfriend. Okay, but wait, I'm gonna circle back. Let me give my meditation quickly. T N U C reverse reverse. So what is that? Cunt. Re- from atonement. From atonement. Cunt. Wait, do, but do, what do, is? Do. I know what cunt is, but why are you saying it backwards? Of because atonement. when a, when atonement goes in reverse, we see oh. the boom, 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 boom. Oh, it so types backwards. I've been trying to make this bit happen for like the past five episodes. So every time I've let it happen. 
In the words of I haven't Tim endorsed it until now, but <laughs> but I, you are endorsing it. I am. I thought it was. I don't know what Hell was happening. Yeah. Anyway, what? I mean Jesus. The hell? Do you need help? Is the upstairs we're doing. He's moving furniture, <laughs> but it felt like it was coming like. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Is someone trying he's to communi- get in the house? He's communicating with us. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Hello. Is it because we were screaming and he's like, yes, can I help you? Oh, wow. So if it, I don't think that picked up on Mike, but a man outside just said, hello. Because we were yelling at him. I'm just now realizing that like Ben lives in an apartment complex. And we are just... In the fucking sc- unchecked privilege of us three faggots <laughs> screaming. Every single ah! It's an, It's enough that we read out our audio and our listeners have to hear when we're like, I mean, gee! <laughs> but I'm just not realizing there's like real people <laughs> living. No one lives here, but the one He's the hot to the guy right. lives yeah. upstairs. And the hot guy just said hello to us through I the don't window. Think it was him. I yeah. wouldn't know his voice. This like just got so a quiet place so fast. Like as soon as our <laughs> hypothetical situation turned real, we're like, oh my god, this this loser's moving his furniture. It's like, and then we hear hello. We're like, <gasps> oh shit. Work out. It's like Trixie Mattel is Anne Frank. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, someone's coming. So, this is gonna be the Asmar portion of the podcast. So, my take on shh on Steven Spielberg's meta narrative. <laughs> no, say it at a normal. Let's do it. Say it at a normal volume. Are you, are bitch. you sure? Yes. Okay. So, not Emily boss. Blunt in a bathtub. Ah! I can't wait to see that movie. <laughs> Those were my excitement. Brandon arms. just vogued. <laughs> my take on the meta Steven Spielberg narrative is that Steven Spielberg knows that one day the work that he has poured his body and soul into will be reduced into dinosaurs, sharks, Iron Giants. He was to be a producer on Iron Giants. I don't he, think so. I don't think so because but I, I think it's a DreamWorks movie. Yeah, like my, my, like, didn't he purposely leave out all of his properties? Mostly, I mean the the T Rex is there, but he produced but like nothing. Back like, to Back to the Future. The, the doesn't our character our lead character drive a DeLorean? Yeah, yeah. And so, they overtly reference. So here's here's Zemeckis. what I'm saying. Steven Spielberg has spent his entire career pouring his blood, sweat, and tears, and his heart and soul into these projects that are always quite personal for him. And he knows that he eventually is not going to be making movies anymore. People like, and even if he, you know, if his ghost was to like walk down the street, like kids wouldn't recognize him, but they would know about the T-Rex and Jurassic Park and the DeLorean and all these cultural totems. Mm-hmm. He knows that eventually they're just going to be as if, if, as if they're not already just traded as, as memes, as trivia, as just like little objects that are littering other stories. Mm-hmm. And so I think Spielberg is trying to basically prove here that even if that does happen, he can still rip himself off better than anybody else can. That's my take on it. Interesting. That's my take on it. Yeah, that's, yeah. And I think that's closer to what a lot of the, the, the meta narrative of around this movie is. Because I don't think he is... Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Having sex. Well, <laughs> well, that yes. fucking his wife. Correct. Uh, poor Kate Capshaw. But um, I'm 
Uh, what are you trying to say? Self-actualized. Oh. I don't think he is self-actualized <clears throat> enough to think about thing his career in the terms of the meta-narrative that he's trying to say that thing. Like, yeah. I think he is very proud of what he's done in pop culture. And I think he's he doesn't see what he's done as a detriment to society. And I think just like everyone, I have insider knowledge about Steven Spielberg. I just don't... Don't say anything because you're just going to have to cut it. I know, but I, I'll say that and just like, I just want everyone to know that I'm very informed on this topic. And I just don't think that that's where his mind is. I think he's, he's very concerned with legacy. I Yes, but I don't I, think he's concerned <clears throat> with whether or not the legacy that he's already built is a problem. Right. I do I do like I said earlier, I do think the movie whether or not it's interrogated as deeply as it should, the movie is saying that when we when our only currency is pop culture, when we are living our lives purely through the expressions of others, when we're not just outside playing on the goddamn rope swing with sticks. Like that we that there is a you are missing out on part of life by living in that world. Mm-hmm. I, at the same time, I don't necessarily think he's indicting himself in that. Correct. I think mm-hmm. he is trying to say, I was able to do this because I spend my childhood doing this. Right. Out in the world, being imaginative, playing hide and seek with my sisters. Yeah. Doing all of the terrorizing my sisters as a straight as he likes male. to joke about. Yes, <laughs> they were terrified. They were terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hilarious. That's the best part of the Spielberg doc is when his when he's like, it was so fun. This is like you know torture. We, we went to therapy, are like, it was like awful. the trauma was real. <laughs> I loved it. I, it was a gas. And oh god. Are we? Are you this being is, robbed? This is the quiet. This is. Place. The, I was gonna say this is quiet. The quiet this is a quiet place. <laughs> I'm. I'm actually scared right now. Something just scraped very loudly. Alien. It's like he's dumping like salt <laughs> from a bag, <laughs> like a large like I water need, heater. A, I need John salt. Krasinski we, to come save we, us. We record right next to a window. This is literally a quiet place. Holy shit. Okay, so Ben is walking. Ben is walking to his front door. He's looking through the people. And he's probably seeing a man on the other end. And he's opening the door. Hi. I'm just, uh... Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. No. No. Not us. Not us. Yeah, no problem. So I'll let let Ben explain what just happened. 
you know, it's funny. I was like, we should do a quiet place. We just did. We just lived it. <laughs> but now I'm like, D- did I park in the driveway? Like, I think I parked a block away. I- I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm in front of a. I'm in front of a different house. So Ben, what just happened? Someone parked behind my neighbor in apartment three. It's not the hot neighbor. Oh, that's rude. That's rude to number three. I know. So here's here's what I'm sort of obsessed with with this encounter, is that he knew to knock on this door to be like, I was wondering if it was some of your friends, right. which means that the entire apartment building knows that Brandon and I come over here sometimes <laughs> and yell <laughs> and yell and just scream. Anyway, I don't so feel bad. now that now that that's resolved, the guy in apartment four was had friends outside in front of my building last night <laughs> until like 2 a.m. and I could hear them. How, so, how did you ever finish in the bedroom? With I that don't feel that. I know. I was trying to watch in the bedroom in the middle of the night. <sighs> ben and I went out last night and a man tried to take him into his bedroom. Take your shirt off. You should take your shirt off. And I was like, I'm shy. <laughs> I literally <laughs> I'm said <a> that. I'm shy girl. <laughs> I'm shy. Okay, let's get back on track. Um, yeah, I let's think move on to our homework. We're at an hour. Okay, well, um, well, I just want to say I I do think it is him investigating, not investigating. He doesn't really investigate anything in this movie, but um, I think he oh, it is, is a movie, not a film. You know, uh, correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think he is worried, very worried about legacy, and wanted to comment on his legacy and what that means to him and what that should mean for audiences. He doesn't dig very deep, but it's. <laughs> The imprint is there. Of, I do think of, it is more he's trying to own his legacy, the way that Daniel said. I do think it is more that. More owning it than being worried about it? Yes. Okay. But it's still a comment on it. Yeah. But I think he isn't... Yeah, he's not Daniel, I think your read is probably the most accurate. Thank you so much, Brandon. I wow. appreciate that. And when I'm really trying to have a correct take, and I need a little extra boost, a little lift to get my synapses firing, I take a sip of Anchor Steam beer. Oh, Anchor okay. Steam beer, brain wow. juice, brewed from brewed fr- oh, 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 brewed from the grain. Good for your brain. Mm. Anchor Steam beer. Wow. Please sponsor us. Please at Anchor Brewing on Twitter, <laughs> and ask them to sponsor the pod. Wow. 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 I'm going to take a sip. Isle of Cats. Mm. Meow. Meow. All right, let's move on to homework. Nobody, I, will say, nobody... I will say quickly. Mm-hmm. You gave it a three. Ben, what would you give it? You haven't done it yet. I want to know. Maybe two. <gasps> Ooh, that's low. Two and a half, yeah. if I'm feeling. Feeling spunky. Yeah. It's my third favorite movie this year so far. Wow. <laughs> How fun for you. I've not yet seen a movie this year that I would like. That you would sit around your list. I un like right now. Unsane is towards the top, but I only gave mm. it three and a half stars. Yeah, I mean, mine would be like. I guess Death like... of Stalin, but that's not a movie that I love as much as I admire. Yeah, same here. I'm really holding out hope for next week's episode that I can be like, this is the first movie of the year that I am truly loving. First movie of the year, you were never really here. Nice. We're talking about Lynn Ramsey, and you were never really here. Shout out to next week. Shout out to Lynn Ramsey. Before we move on to our homework... Did you see Lynn Ramsey? Someone asked her on Reddit, what's a movie that you would recommend to cinephiles? And she Ratcatcher? said... No, she said... "What? What is... How do you pronounce Morgan it? Morgan Caller? Yeah, yeah. That's what she said. That's the one movie she would recommend to all cinephiles. I also love really? her an, own an, movie. <laughs> another, another question was, how can I become a better writer? Her answer was three words and an emoji, and it was... I don't know. <laughs> Smiley face. 
Holy shit. I love her. I don't know. She's a badass. So I will say that the third uh, quest for the third key sort of bums me out. It's kind of lame. It's just an an Atari video game Mm -hmm. sitting on an iceberg. And people are getting the game wrong and falling through the ice. I thought it was kind of... I don't even know how we got to the third... Jesus. He's still trying to get that guy to I think it's the guy. Yeah, that's... Oh, no, I know that's what it is, but now he's honking his horn. Well, I think that's what all the honks have been tonight. I haven't... I mean, I'm still... I was was just scared someone was going to knock on this, like, rap on the window right behind me that I wasn't... (gasps) I really felt like we were inside John Krasinski's A Quiet Quiet Place. place. Let me just say, so I thought that the third challenge was a little visually statique. Shh. It was kind of uninspired. Mm-hmm. Holding controllers like it wasn't. And waiting. It wasn't. Wasn't really much to see. Say it normal volume. I was gonna. <laughs> I was then going to speak in my normal voice. I would have liked another full cinematic immersion level, akin to The Shining. Mm-hmm. But this time, we are going back in time. I I like 1970s Belgium. Uh-huh. Oh. We are going oh. to the apartment of Ms. Jean Dielman If you're nasty. Ooh. And you have to slice those potatoes <gasps> and sleep with those Johns and that? put your money in your vase. And you get the key by slapping the shit out of your ungrateful son who doesn't want to hear your stories. That would be the best first person game ever invented. Uh, yeah. John so, Dealman. First person game of John Dealman. John Dealman VR. was in Ready Player One and I wanted to say John Dealman. John Dealman. <laughs> I liked that John the Dillman's final... so fucking practical. She would have found those keys in no time. She oh, literally yeah. would have gotten it. I like... And then she would have still had time to scrub the floors She afterwards. is the backbone of this house. John like Dillman... Awesome. John Dillman would have <laughs> scrubbed the floor with the other competition. Mm. Oh, my God. Can I just say, I like the Back to Basics final final key thing. It's fine. I just, because it I takes you back the... to the root of, like, one of the first video games ever. Yes, and and... and... And it's the first Easter egg. Of course. That's Ever. Why. That's 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 why. And I love that it meant something to you as someone who plays video games. That that, that was sort I of like an honoring, bowing at the altar moment. I, I think that. that's, that's why I like this movie as much as I do. Well, actually, I haven't fully defended why I like this movie. So I do it. I was just Brandon's a, defense corner. Go. I was just in a fucking bad mood all week. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got your texts. <laughs> oh. You were... Was Kurt? <laughs> was I? You were short. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry. Um, short, sharp. And I didn't want to see this movie. And then I sat my ass down, and I was fully immersed. It was like the first like full immersion cinema experience I feel like I've had since the first av- since Avatar. Wow! I love that it was like that level. Not for even me. Dunkirk. 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 I mean. I mean Dunkirk. I mean that. Okay, that type of movie. Okay. Oh, can I say something? Sure. Like just of- pure like escapism, like action adventure, like sure. whatever type Thank of movie. God, you just brought up Dunkirk because I was about to leave Dunkirk. my the observation I've been dying to make about this movie on the on the floor, and I'd rather leave it on the field in our wow. podcast here, which is I do love leaving it all. On the do field. I think that it's a coincidence that Steven Spielberg himself identifies with Halliday, and that our villain? who he doesn't even really trust to get his coffee order right, who is too focused on putting together a sleek product, is named Nolan. (gasps) Do I think it's a mistake (gasps) that the antagonist (gasps) of the film is named Nolan? (gasps) I think it's a coincidence, but I think it's a fun way to think about it. Definitely. But I think it's a fun way to think about it. How fun! That Spielberg is dragging Nolan for wanting to make everything too pretty, 
Too, too many pretty ads. and too perfect. Too pretty, too perfect. Because people talk about like Spielberg, Nolan, like these guys are sort of in the same class. I he means nothing by it, but I do like the idea of Spielberg being like he can get my coffee, but he doesn't get to make my movies. Ooh. Fun. Ooh. Anyway, it put me in a good mood and it made me happy. And it was pure joy for me for you, two hours and 20 minutes. Thank you so much. You, Let's move on to you homework. You can't put a price on joy, or maybe you, you can. $12 at this multiplex here. <laughs> wow. Anyway, I don't know. I don't so, know. Let's move on. Let's move on. Right now. The Matrix remains so we one of the greatest movies ever made and one of the seminal works in the blockbuster action sci-fi genre genre it i and it holds the fuck it's up. the prototypical we, digital blockbuster mm-hmm. yeah we all rewatched it and i hadn't seen it since probably high school mm. and mm. it holy fucking shit it's it like insane it's every single scene i remembered yeah and I was like, oh, fuck, every single scene is good. And it I remember every scene. It is a flawless sc- movie. It is a, oh, my God. I, like, I'm so glad I rewatched it. Yeah. I, I, I even, like, Reloaded. Uh, I like them. I like I them all. I don't remember which of the sequels I actually like. The second, I think the second sequel is better than the third. Reloaded is better than Revelations. Yes. Yeah, The Matrix is the type of original big blockbuster that we don't really see much of anymore. Yeah. Watching The Matrix and also watching Total Recall. It was Recall, their second movie. Yes. It's one of the prototypical, they get the big second movie after of course. their tiny first movie. Uh-huh. Yes. But I I do think that watching The Matrix and Ready Player One in conversation with one another made me like Ready Player One even less. Mm. Yeah, that did. No, I mean the whole point is that it's it's like an Isle of Dogs. It's a building built of recycled materials of right. trash, and the Matrix is a completely original property, mm-hmm. and it still feels like such a breath of fresh air. And that it's concept. so rich with ideas. Yeah, no, it's this mixture of Eastern philosophy with a Western, and, and well, Western, but also kind of Eastern shoot 'em up style, and. Mm. You know, I think it's a. It feels international in that way. Its influences come from multiple sources, and obviously the Wachowskis are brilliant in in all of their films when they're discussing the idea of maybe we should just like take a step back for a second mm-hmm. and examine our way of thinking about yeah. things. Like whether it's Cloud Atlas or in this, it's like the whole point of the Matrix is like, or, or what we're supposed to take out of the Matrix is is not just like, get off your computers, unplug. Right. I don't think that's the message of the Matrix. Correct. I think the message of the Matrix is like to see through the bullshit that you have been told to of believe capitalism. in. Of capitalism, yeah. but also the just American of social life. constructs. Yeah. Like it, it is saying... Of gender? Of course. Mm-hmm. When of I, I was saying race? To, I was saying to Ben last night... That at the end of the movie, right before the credits are rolling, we hear like Neo over the voiceover be like, "Uh huh, open your eyes." Like we zoom into the word "system failure." Yes. Phrase. Yes. He's like, "We need to stop everything we just said. Like topple the binary, fuck the bullshit, open your eyes, be woke." And then we zoom in to just like all of like this these codes, like the green numbers and letters, and we're zooming in through it. And the last two that we see are M on the left and F on the right. And then the camera goes right through the middle and breaks the fucking binary right there, which I'd never noticed before. And I don't think was an accident. It's very cool. Oh, wow. It's pretty fucking cool. It's very cool. Yeah. And God, I fucking love, like, I've always loved The Matrix, but, uh-huh. like, seeing it as an adult, I yes. was like, holy fuck. Every shot is so, 
there was like there sometimes you see a shot in a movie and you're like this is just because the filmmakers think it's cool there's a shot of neo getting arrested and trinity is on her motorcycle but we don't see trinity yet and we see like a, a specialty shot of neo getting arrested in the rear view mirror of a motorcycle and you're like that's a shot that they probably just thought is cool and then it's because trinity is watching it Mm -hmm. and it's like they're able to integrate everything that they want to do completely narratively back to character Mm -hmm. it's flawless and i also think something that i really wanted to talk about ready player one in connection with the matrix and it also is in connection with total recall and strange days is that this is I don't know if it is the first. I mean, I think Avatar is the first, but this is one of the only VR movies that looks like VR as we experience it in life, as opposed to Strange Days, you're seeing actual first-person POVs. And in Total Recall, you are experiencing a journey or whatever. And in The Matrix, you are in the world as we understand it, but in avatar and in ready player one you're entering a video game Mm -hmm. and that's Uh, what vr is more like yeah okay i I mean avatar is not not literally literally, but yes but the sensation that we get as we watch it right it's animated and that's what vr is actually like yeah when you go to a vr simulation Mm -hmm. you are not experiencing images and by the way ben you're experiencing ben animated. went to the inyari 2 vr experience which okay. was animated and you can it listen is. to that on our what episode did we talk about foreign language episode maybe maybe it was around then anyway no i agree with you i i think that the way that and i'm glad that you're tying this to the film because i think that each of these films has a separate relationship to the idea of virtual reality mm-hmm. and like i was saying earlier several of them sort of decry nostalgia as a key tenant of what they're doing here but in the Matrix, we learned that the life that we're living is a simulation. Us sitting around Ben's dining room table, getting spooked by a man dragging salt outside <laughs> and then rapping on the screen door. Like, this is all fake. I think that the movie does such a great job of distinguishing that world visually from the dark, dank, smoking version of reality. The future. I, f- I still find the future of the Matrix, the Sentinels, the goo, the cords to be deeply disturbing. Yeah. Thing. On a visceral level, uh, on an existential level. Especially in today when we have videos on the internet of robots opening doors yes absolutely it absolutely it, it chills me to, to the me. bone but i think the film does such a great job of in in almost no time flat building a distinct visual world for this reality that uh-huh. then whenever we flip back into the matrix in any other movie we, we would think this is like this looks just like real life but because they've been able to contrast it with in color and framing yes we don't. The Matrix is it becomes tinted green. It, it ex- of yeah, course. but and it, then we get to real life, and it's not tinted green, and you don't realize that we've been tinted green the whole time until you go back into the Matrix. Yes, yeah, it's so yeah. It, it exposes sort of the flaw, like the visual flaw of what we take for granted as reality. Mm-hmm. I love the Oracle. I, I love the Oracle. Mm. Mm. Don't worry about mm. the vase. What vase? Blink. Shatter. What? What? Would you have broken the vase if I hadn't told you that <laughs> it was right there? <laughs> mm. Mm. What else? There's more about the Matrix. Uh, the, I I mean every, I mean the action sequences. Like I forgot <clears throat> the the first sequence where Trinity has to get away is 
insane the sequence where morpheus is leading neo through the office space to escape the agents is insane the shootout obviously is like incredible in the in the lobby every single action scene is Whole, like every shot is, yeah. it's just, I find it blew that the, my mind. the the third act um, action sequence basically from it's when, so when Neo satisfying. and yeah. yeah when Neo and Trinity walk into that bank with the guns uh-huh. from that point to the end it reminds me so much of like John Woo and yeah. the Hong Kong shoot 'em ups like just the way the end also oh fuck I can't remember it's a Bruce Lee movie I can't remember what it's called it's but basically. There's this tradition in Hong Kong action storytelling where there is an element of play between actors and the set themselves. The set itself, like the destruction of props of the set becomes part of the visual feast that you are watching. Mm -hmm. So all of those shots of like Neo leaning against uh, like a a tower in the bank and then seeing like all the bullets just hit that tower and plaster and marbles just going everywhere. It's balletic. It's beautiful. It is so visually satisfying to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, this movie is not flawless. It's not perfect for me, but I don't really, my problems are just like, they're not, I still think it's like a, basically a masterpiece. I don't need to dig into them, but, um, uh, I understand that, you know, the movie is working on some sort of like spirituality and theology that is baked literally into the characters' names, but Mm -hmm. do I wish that Trinity wasn't attached to Neo through her love for him. Right. Yes, I do. I think the movie would be much smarter and much richer if she's operating more as an independent uh, agent. But, you yeah, know, isn't it, it still works. It still works. Isn't it literally love that it just, awakens him? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and that, I... I, I mean, it's dumb, but, I, it, it, but it works. When I it saw works. that, I was like, oh, I wonder if that was like a studio I'm sure it note. is. I mean, I don't know that it wasn't the Wachowskis, but I'm sure that it's... It helps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. I don't know. I'm kind of obsessed with some of the long lenses in this movie used for just medium shots. There's, Mm -hmm. of course, like the classic shot of Trinity, like holding out the gun at the end of the film on the rooftop. And so Mm -hmm. her her arm and her gun occupy like basically half of the frame going towards the left. And it's like a classic diagonal in the frame but there's just so much depth and so much and the thing about the matrix is there's so much texture to mm-hmm. this world which and, and in total recall in strange days too which you don't get in ready player one at all for me like ready player one feels so plastic to me mm-hmm. which is partly by design because it's not necessarily endorsing this oasis yeah. mm-hmm. but i love i just love that there is such a you can reach out and touch everything in the matrix even the sentinels even um even the like the code like it feels yeah. like it feels like a little like a, a little beaded curtain. So much you of the major yeah. hands through. Just, like the special effects is just like augmenting what is actually there as opposed to right like the faces and the like, really creating a world. And I think that has a lot to do with it, and I think that those effects age better, and I think we need to remember that when we make movies. I think that yeah, because Matrix does not look aged. No, no, not really. I mean, like the like effects, sure, effects. a little, yeah. but just like the face morphing. But you yeah. still buy it. It doesn't look cheap. It, yeah. it doesn't look cheap. Right. The Matrix also uses the camera as a special effect, the bullet motion or whatever it's called, like yeah. that slowing down the three bullet around. bullet time bullet time. I also played the video game Enter the Matrix. But nice. it, oh, I know, I know Enter the Matrix. <laughs> but it, it also it is so the fight choreography is stunning and so fun. I, mm-hmm. I love the shot when Neo and Morpheus are doing kung fu, and we see Morpheus like in like grasshopper pose, like up in the air, like with his toe pointed out yep. and he's like going flying down he's gonna kick neo in the shin or whatever mm-hmm. like that the special effects like 
you know, Lawrence Fishburne is, you know, up on wires, or maybe they digitally pushed him up there. Right. But it's that the character is doing something cool. Right. Not that, look, at this building is exploding and every fucking window is crashing. Yeah. And we do get some of that. Right. But it's like when Trinity is trying to, like, bust through that window and she keeps, like, she's on the wire or whatever, just, like, going back and forth into it. Like, it has, the visual effects are part of an engagement with surrounding in the right. film. I also just put on the record, because we've been going so personal lately, mm. The Matrix was the first rated R film I ever saw. Oh. Really? Mm-hmm. Legally? Or? Yeah. Or, I mean, I, a friend's dad yeah. had the DVD and we watched oh. it. Oh. In real life. Yeah. Oh. In any In real life. It, it was the first oh, so rated like R movie any I saw. rated R. Got yeah. it, got it. Wow. What was mine? Oh, mine was, um, what's the, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Affleck, they're mad at each other in traffic, um... What the fuck is, is that? This the movie? sum of all fears? <laughs> no, they like they like get in a car accident and they fight about it. And I our, definitely know. You're and my parents about. let me watch it because it was rated R for only language. You're like he can handle it as long as they're not saying. I it was fuck it was called you. like intersection or like I want to no. say it was called traffic. Is it a thriller? It's not traffic. It's not we traffic, traffic, but traffic. it's not. Is this a movie, like a thriller based around, like, it's what if Road crash, Rage, but yeah. movie stars? No, it's literally a movie about Road Rage. Mine, um, I think, was Los Angeles. Off I can relate. With Nicolas Cage. And changing, speaking of John Woo. Changing lanes. Oh, my God. Someone didn't signal. I do remember that. <laughs> I didn't see it. I, I didn't think know it was tagline, a, a Road Rage incident. One wrong turn deserves another. Yikes. Collateral. Love Collateral. So, um, I'm looking at our time here. We're doing fine, but shall, do we? I think we ate up about 15 minutes in terror over the neighbor. <laughs> it just goes to show there's no swapping out virtual reality for the real thing. For real terror. We for real straight up terror. People who like neighbors changing lanes also like the sum of all fears. Well, nice. there you go. Um, I bet they uh, let's, do. Let's talk I a little bet, bit. I of, bet you do. Let's talk a little bit about Strange Days, which me and Ben watched for the first time yes. and loved. I did you love I it? I did. It's it's really special. It's a very woke movie. It's probably, you almost can't believe it's the same woman who directed Detroit. Can you believe? <laughs> Literally, could not believe. Written by James Cameron, and what I liked about Strange Days Cox. is. Um, it feels like a big concept movie like James Cameron would write, but it has the grittiness of a Catherine Bigelow direction, mm. Yep, which I like. She is examining gender relations, race mm. relations. She is doing that sociological thing with explosions that Catherine Bigelow does so well. She loves explosions. Yeah. I love Swarm. Angela Bassett as Mace. As I Mace. I fucking love her. Taxi driver by day and night. But used to have a much simpler life until life... As a waitress. As a waitress. Life dealt her a raw hand. She became friends with a cop. Lifelong friends. He became a nostalgia junkie. She became a taxi driver. The rest is history. I'm obsessed with their relationship. There's... Okay, so Point Break is like my favorite movie of all time, basically. But Strange Days... I'm sort of like coming out to myself as liking Strange Days more than Point Break. Wow. And a large part of it is because it is just yanking on your heartstrings the whole time, not in a manipulative way, but there's this sense of loss mm-hmm. to all of Strange Days. And so Strange Days, if anyone hasn't seen it, and I'm sure most people haven't, it is about Lenny Nero, played by Ray Fiennes, who uh, is basically a squid dealer on the black market. So squids are these 
basically these it's, you have like a VR headset that is attached to like a little tape mm-hmm. and basically you are watching other people's memories other people's first person experiences so the movie opens with an amazing one shot from like the POV of like oh, some yeah. burglars who mm-hmm. break into a house steal some shit and they're where they're going like up and down stairs through hallways like and then at the end they have to like jump from one rooftop to another mm-hmm. and the person who we're following like doesn't and land they, the jump and they die and they die they go splat they die and then and then we cut to like Ray Fiennes watching it he's like I hate when the snuff is on the squids yeah. mm-hmm. so basically he, he doesn't deal in snuff. He doesn't deal in snuff. So, so Ray finds his character's name is Lenny Nero. He is a grease ball. He's a ne'er do well. He's a uh, he wears a leather jacket. He is basically in love with his ex girlfriend, played by Juliette Lewis, who is like a fucking punk who is living with like oh my this God. Juliette Lewis crime in this lord. Movie. She's on oh, she's fire. incredible, and she's Holy and she fuck. and she sings her rock music, and I love her. It's good rock and roll music. I love her rock and roll music. Oh my God. And then Angela Bassett is his lifelong friend Mace, who is sort of his driver. So mm-hmm. it's a love triangle. Yeah. And and then and then what? Basically, they expose police corruption and police brutality against mm-hmm. um, a, uh, a famous rapper who is sort of like Jericho. Jericho, who is mm-hmm. sort of like a, the Bernie Sanders the of his day. The most important black person alive, says Angela Bassett. Well, he's yeah. not alive anymore. I mean, he's on some level. It's like I believe the movie was made before Tupac was killed. Yes, which makes it prescient in, in a whole other way. Mm-hmm. And so, it's just a flawless film. Oh, and it takes place in the year two thousand. Yeah, 1999. Turning in the, the last into, two it's, days. The last two days of the millennia, or mm-hmm. of the century. The millennia. Of the millennia. Of the that, millennia. That is how they frame it. Of the millennia. And, was, oh, and it takes place in a dystopic Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And it's also a film noir. It is. So mm-hmm. I get really hard on that. You know, it's about, it's about exposing, like, city corruption. Anyway, I've said the plot of the film. You must see it. It's... It's it's really low key special. Catherine Bigelow's best film. Yeah, it's quite exquisite. It's yeah. quite substantial. Was, it I made no money. Lit. It made no money. It was a box office bomb. It yeah. was a failure. Four stars from Roger Ebert. Yeah, he knew when Roger was right. Roger was right. He truly is. I love when he's right. I love when Roger's knowing, but not about knowing. What would Roger if Roger was alive? Oh, do you want to go there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. What would he have thought of Ready Player One? <laughs> Let's, let's step it back. Well, Roger Ebert was one of those like video games are not movies guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, like, you he can was... replicate the emotions of a film in a video. He, game. he was says a str- in his mm-hmm. review of Strange Days, which I read today. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends it on the Julia Lewis quote about how movies are better than squid because, because you know when it's over mm-hmm. and that's how he feels is that movies are better than virtual he refers to movies are a virtual reality that are a hundred years old and you f- already feel everything and that's what movies are about yeah and you step into someone's reality and live yeah he was and- very anti vr and all that stuff so yeah he probably would have he would have been like a rare misfire for Mr. Steven Spielberg. If if so if so Brandon uh, <laughs> Brandon realized much to his chagrin, nay horror, that the the critic whose opinion he most aligns with is <laughs> Mr. Richard Roper, it's Mr. Just, Dick Rope. I and <laughs> I walked out of this movie and I was like, "There's got to be someone on Metacritic who gave it a hundred. No, no, no." Where's Claudia Moore? Uh, and my four and a half out of five would translate to a four out of four. What am I going to do with my life? Yeah, but you've retired the Kirby scale, haven't you? Yeah, it's gone. 
But I was gonna say, if I haven't noticed, it's gone. She's gone. Oh my god, she's gone. <laughs> what was the last movie? Um, well, I backdated it and I started so everything January first, twenty eighteen on. Yeah, doesn't have it. So if, if you don't know what the Kirby scale was, it's that <laughs> Brandon would rate out of five stars on Letterboxd, and then the opening line of every review would be. Blank stars out of four because I couldn't give so, up four. So there were two different ratings. It was it was known as the Kirby scale. It was uh, affectionately known as the Kirby scale, and it inspired um, I don't know lesions a, of fans, a, a, a generation of critics. <laughs> R.I.P. But just like you have to shut Moment down the Oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays, sometimes you have to retire the Kirby scale. It's gone. Wow, it's gone. It's gone. Um, but oh, but you know that Roger Ebert, if he was still had his show with Richard Roper, although since this is fantasy, Gene Siskel is still living. Mm. We'd like see the clip of Ready Player One and Ben Mendelsohn's like, catch those dogs, you know, or whatever, <laughs> like Corella develop. And then the screen goes black and we pull out and there he is in his armchair and he turns to face camera and he goes, a rare misfire for Mr. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Ready Player One hits theaters this weekend. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> That's it. That's the joke. That's it. That's the joke. Um, I I don't know. I really I don't know. I loved Ready Player One. I don't I don't know why. I really don't. I don't understand what my brain was going through or why I had that reaction to that Love movie. It. We all like a movie that is not critically acclaimed now and then. It's my and dumb okay. movie. It's my it's my it's my outlier. We all have it. But you know what? It's not. Dumb. I don't. If you liked it. If but... you liked it, it's not dumb. To you, it's not dumb. That's right. It's a smart movie. If it to spoke you. to you, it spoke to you. It did. I, the, I, it is smart. I think it is a smart You're movie. You're a gamer. Yeah. G A Y M E R. G A Y M E R. That's your that, tribe. That Gundam scene got me lit. Oh, oh can yeah. we talk nice. about. Um, I just want to talk about the. Not the etymolo- etymology. Not that. But I want to break down a word here, which is Gunter. Yes. Which actually was the first time I laughed in the film. Egg One hunter. out of two. Who's Egg Hunter. Hunt? They're Gunters. Oh, you know, because yeah. in, the, so in the very beginning, Ty Sheridan goes, you know, like freeze frame on his face. Like the camera's like down and his feet goes up to his face. Ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to be a gamer. And then, he, and then he's like breaking down like this guy, like There's Halliday left Easter eggs. Yeah. He's like, some of us are known as Egg Hunters or Gunters. <laughs> like, um, I'm garroning. <laughs> That's so we're dumb. Sixers. Sixers. Sixers, which also makes no sense. They're named Sixers because they're numbers. Blech. Like what? Blech, blech, blech. Like what was the reasoning? Vicky creeps. Pretty good. Very good. Rules in your game. Vicky creeps trying to get the keys. Someone Vicky grab it and caption it. Ready player one. And your rules and your and game your keys and your eggs and your rules <laughs> and your and your stacks. I'm gonna do it. And your Breakfast Club trivia. How do you find that? And your hues <laughs> and your rush songs and your new order. How do you find it? Is is it available on digital? You don't have to make the meme now, Brandon. I want to do it on my. <laughs> I love immediacy. <laughs> immediacy. <laughs> All right, let's wrap. I feel this like shit I'm up. not going to top that joke, and I'd like to wrap it up. Nope. Well, we're going to we're going to we're going to pull a Costanza, which is you make the room laugh and you stand up and say thank you, folks, thank you, <laughs> and exit the room. We thank also so watched much. Total Recall. Liked it. Uh, love that movie. Love the exploding. Liked it. 
that movie's all about exploding heads. Such a fun movie. It's, I love the driver that looks like the host of the library. What's he called? It's in the Ready Player One. The oh, butler? the curator? Yes, the curator. Oh, the cab driver. I thought Looks that too. Like the cab driver. But he's not voiced recall. by Simon Pegg. But it's you know. true. Yeah, Total Recall is a truly disgusting film. Uh, turns my tummy when the faces and... explode. <laughs> <laughs> when Guato <laughs> reveals himself out of that man's tummy. That movie is just I so felt that <laughs> in my gut. It's just so viscerally. This, this movie was rated BG for Brandon's guts. This movie was rated BG for Brandon's gut. Wait, is it PG? No. no. <laughs> it can't be. Shit's PG-13. PG-13. Brandon's... Oh, right. Oh, that was a callback. That it was, was a callback. Brandon's gut. <laughs> All right, so... Um, I want Ty else? Sheridan to kick me in the guts. Ben, you know, I, I didn't talk about Ben Mendelsohn at all, and I'm not going to. He's but... great! I like I... his teeth. Those are fake, right? He's doing something with the teeth. I, I like that his... Lips are always sort of in a hangdog sort of <laughs> configuration. <laughs> I liked his Catch avatar with puppies. his little, little curl. Oh, was, yeah. He was hot. He looked like a Ken was doll. Hot. A buff Poor Ken Ben Mendelsohn, though. He really, I mean, he is a star, but he should be a household name in this country. He got the plump supporting role in Darkest Hour. Colin Firth won an Oscar mm. for that. He's going to get a nomination. Nope. He's the villain in Steven Spielberg's Return to the Action Blockbuster. I don't think anyone still knows his name. Yep. We will see. True. It's crazy. Emmy Award nominee, Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. Emmy Award winner! Is he? He wins for season two oh, of Bloodline. That's for right. For a season that he is barely in. But is Have an you in- watched that? Yeah. I feel like I've talked about it on here before. Oh. It's not great. But, but, uh, but I it. honestly, I like Ben Mendelsohn. The first season, I mean, I do think, okay, I know I'm going to catch some flack for this. But I do think in season one of Bloodline, Ben Mendelsohn gives one of the all-time great television performances. Wow. 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 But but in season two, he's in a... He's, do you guys mind if I spoil? No, go for I don't it. give a fuck. He's a ghost in season <gasps> two. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it, it, it's not... It's not Does in, he die in season one? He's dead the whole time, isn't he? Yeah, which Oh, you, no, he dies at the end. Yeah, which you basically learn in the first episode that he's going to die. By ghost, I mean, like, he's in flat, He's in flashback. It's not like people are communing with the ghost. Ooh, this is not, not Eddie. This is good. not Eddie Murphy's Sissy The Haunted Mansion. Isn't oh, they to a wasted ghost. Sissy Spacek. But Could there's but there's Spacek one episode ben Mendelsohn as a ghost. ghost. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Ben Mendelsohn has one episode where it is his episode, and of course they submitted that, and it's right. him with like his estranged son, and mm. it's you know it's it's beautiful. But it, it is oh. hilarious that he wins his Emmy for the season. I love that that's in. the show that you've watched in its entirety. I haven't. I haven't seen the third season. Well, you still there seen was two. a third. You've season? seen two full seasons, which is more than you've seen of any other show in the history of the world. No, that's not true. <laughs> I stopped watching television after Mad Men ended. Well, you that's a kind of watch TV, don't I, you? I, you know, I watch, uh, I watch High Maintenance. I am watching Drag Race. Uh, Question for Ben. I watch Insecure. Insecure <laughs> is my favorite show on TV. Nice. The only one you watch. I just. But it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, but okay. <laughs> um, as a Lakeith Stanfield fan, yeah. How are you not watching Atlanta? Because I don't like it. <laughs> Well, apparently, wow. maybe just watch season two, episode six. I haven't watched it yet, but apparently he's, like, a, in it a lot, and he, like, is amazing. Great. The the white face character. Oh, I don't. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, oops. Spoiler. 
What if I, so? Uh, what but anyway, if I, he's great in that show. Have I told on the mic about? I might have about how I watched Lost in college because my best friend was obsessed with it. She's like, "Please watch Lost. I want to talk about it with somebody." I'm like, "Eh, it's not really my bag." And then I secretly watched every episode over mm-hmm. like a two month span. And nice. then once I finished, it, I was like. Hey, I think I'm ready to finally watch Lost now. She's like, "Oh my god, you're kidding me! This is the best day of my life. Come over tonight. We'll like make dinner. We'll make cocktails, and we'll watch Lost." And so we like put on the pilot, and I'm like 20 years old when this is happening. So I'm like, I'm a little stupid shit, and I'm like, "Oh, John Locke. I hope he doesn't turn out to be the bad guy." Just like saying like stupid little things, oh my god, and then you're such a little, I'm shit. such a little shit. And then eventually, I revealed that I'd already watched all five seasons. And then as soon as it, I'm like, <laughs> as soon as it, I'm like, why didn't I just watch with my friend? Like this mm-hmm. moment wasn't. <laughs> fun as I thought it was going to be but what if I revealed myself now to be like I've seen Atlanta I've seen the Americans oh my god and I watch Bojack I do watch Bojack Horseman oh yeah 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 nice. you watch some TV I watch some selective. TV I'm trying you know I'm trying to watch Solaris like I did the other night I'm trying to watch Secrets and Lies yeah yeah yeah, yeah things ben, to watch. ben manages to do both but yeah I don't we know can't all be it. Ben I don't know how you do it not all of us don't sleep and don't have a social life that's, <laughs> so that helps <laughs> my content consumption well ah <sighs> this has been you can breathe now we can breathe now you can breathe now let us all exhale <sighs> speaking of Angela Bassett Academy <sighs> Award nominee Angela Bassett Angela um, okay, well, this has been Movies IMO. This has been the Ready Player One episode. Please like us on Twitter, uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, subscribe and review. review. Subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. And that's it. I believe Those I believe, all the I believe the plan is that we're just focusing our attention on iTunes. Yeah, we Correct. don't care about the other platforms. Yeah. Correct. Although if you're listening to us on that platform, that's great. Oh, we never introduced ourselves at the beginning. Well, let us know. Uh, we didn't. Oh no! Oh goodness! Well, reverse, I'm reverse. TMC. I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. I'm Ben MP. You can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. I'm Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. And, and I'm looking forward to Steven Spielberg's Pope movie that's never going to happen: the oh, kidnapping that? of Edgardo Edgardo Mortara. Mortara. Is that a thing? Yeah. Supposed to be starring Mark Rylance, written by Tony Kush. But that Kush. Oh, that's right. But that Kush ain't never going to hit because they couldn't find they a little boy. They couldn't cast the kid. Uh, but I think they have now found him. Oh. I think they did another casting session. Oh. After Spielberg remakes West Side Story, then we'll see. Also, that Kush will hit because Kush is writing that one. Oh, he is. Yeah. Okay. Did you say where we're where? Yeah. You know what? Tossing it back to you, Brandon. Spielberg will be working long after his own death. And that's what I love about him. <laughs> He'll be working from beyond the grave. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, as we already mentioned earlier, we're talking about Lynn Ramsey's latest picture. We were You, you were, were never, never, never really, really here. here. I'm like, what the fuck is it? None called? of us were ever really here. <laughs> we were never really here. Um, <laughs> we're discussing her other films. We were talking about Lynn Ramsey's You Were Never Really Here and Lynn Ramsey's We Are Your Friends. <laughs> what? I don't get that. <laughs> what? The Zac Efron DJ movie? <laughs> Sorry, my mind, that's, that title that... made me... <laughs> we Are Your Friends. <laughs> that Zac Efron DJ movie gave us nothing except I think that's this the hottest joke. <laughs> the hottest Zac Efron's been in a movie. 
Neighbors is in that Neighbors movie. 2. No, he's way too buff in Neighbors 2. Maybe for you. All right. Well, all right. Oh. Okay. Did you all see Blockers Man. yet? No. Okay, because that but reminds me of Neighbors 2. I did see Eden a couple years ago. Did you see Blockers? Ago. Speaking of DJ yeah, I saw yeah, I saw Blockers! And my and? log. I mean, spoiler alert, kind of, but not really. It's like kind of a sequel to Love, Simon. I heard there's a gay character. There's a... And Leslie Mann, God, she fucking delivers. Blink, doesn't she? Correct. All right, well, that's it. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.